0: DeAndre Swift got traded this past weekend. We're talking about him and more veteran winners on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at ryanmc23 joining me as always is matt williamson find matt over on twitter at williamson nfl matt how's it going today
1: things are good things are real good how about you a little bit of the uh, the calm after the storm of the draft and as we go get into the week here
0: that's what i was gonna say we've we've had this uh these fifth year options kind of in the news over the past couple of days uh post nfl draft and you know it won't be too much longer before uh teams get these rookies into their rookie mini camps. We'll hear a little bit about that. And then it's going to really be quiet on the NFL front, unless we have some surprising trades, which, uh, which we had last year. So maybe, um, Matt, we are going to talk about some of the veteran winners today. Uh, we always like to get your insight, though, before we get started on the Steelers draft. I, I can't believe they didn't draft a wide receiver on day two. They always <laughs> seem to do that. But um, obviously, that's your team. You covered them, as as you told us, uh, pre-draft. You you covered the entire draft for, Steel,
1: uh, for the Steelers. What did you think of their draft and the moves they made? Usually I'm harder on this. People might not believe this. I'm usually harder on the Steelers drafts than I am other teams because I know them so well. Yeah, they got like A's across the board, you know, from you know, the draft Knicks out there. And I couldn't agree more. It just like fell into place for them. You know, everything that they needed. It's not very dynasty relevant, but a left tackle, a, 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 a big corner. Um, guys they know really well Uh, I thought it couldn't have gone better I mean Washington lasting that long Benton I mean so it was almost too good to be true to be honest with you
0: well I think that was definitely correct me if I'm wrong I think that was the only dynasty Mm -hmm. relevant offensive player that they took uh, was Darnell Washington and you told us on here, or at least you told me, that you thought they probably would take a tight end. I'm certainly happy with Friar Muth, but they want some depth at that position. Um, I mean, Darnell Washington was a guy who was being mentioned as a possible first-rounder uh, at different points uh, through this process, and ultimately we heard some uh, some reports about concerns right. with, with the knee. But, you know, when a player f- – You know, when he falls far enough, he becomes a value and, and uh, teams sometimes can't say no. And, and, you know, Washington himself, I'm sure you were uh, in on that press conference or heard it, Washington himself called, uh, called, referred to himself as a sixth offensive lineman and um, that that's has to be something. Yeah, I mean, love the to hear. second half. I
1: mean, it kind of went unnoticed by non-Steeler nerds like me. But the the second half of the season went way better for the offense, and it's not because they traded Claypool, mm-hmm. but they changed how they played football. the The competition wasn't as brutal. Pickett got a little more mature and older, but they played a lot of twelve personnel with Friermuth and Gentry out there. With Gentry as the big blocker. But if you can turn Gentry into Washington, that's a lot, you know, and ask the same things of him. But, it, you know, stretch the seam on top of that and the big athlete and the speed he has compared to Gentry. I think it makes you a lot better, but I don't love it for fantasy.
0: And the team and the the, the fan base the had static. to be uh, yeah. had to be fired up to get Joey Porter in at the top of the second round. Joey Porter Jr., I should say. Uh, because of the Steelers' connection, he was a player, and because of the need, quite honestly. He was a player that was being projected to the Steelers uh, in the middle of the first round. They went a, a different direction. He ends up falling. They've got that first pick in round two because of the Claypool trade and they jumped all over the uh, the legacy player. In oh, yeah, Porter it's crazy. Jr. I
1: got to sit down and talk with him, he's like, I used to run around with Antonio Brown in the backyard. He called it the backyard and talk about the fields out back, you know, when he was a kid, you know, funny stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, he was ecstatic, and he thought he was going to go earlier than 32, which understandable, um, to see how much they'd like them. Yeah, you know, we talked about the other day. Levis goes the pick after. Well, everyone was on the phone with the Steelers and they were just asking an awful lot to get away from Porter. That's who they love. And it's getting crazy, Brian. I mean, the nepotism in that organization right now with their players is insane. I mean, like they drafted Cam Hayward's brother the other you know, last year. They signed Herbig the guard and then they drafted his brother this year. They they draft Joey Porter's kid. I mean, like uh, all the Wisconsin guys are buddies with the Watts. You know, like it, it's everybody knows everybody. It's great.
0: <laughs> it works. You know? Hey, as long as it as right. long yeah, as long as it works and it it results in some wins and some uh, positive play. Yeah, that's that's it okay. It was in
1: the same building, uh, Matt. You know? Let's
0: get on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, very true. We'll we'll see if they uh, we'll mm-hmm. see if that trend continues in the future. I'm um, it sure it probably will. We are talking some veteran winners today. I already mentioned that name, DeAndre Swift. So let's start there because I think it can be argued if he's a if he's a winner or a loser from this NFL draft um, weekend. And you know, obviously after day one, it, it was looking like he was a huge loser because the Lions surprised everyone with that pick of Jameer Gibbs at twelve overall. And we kind of had you know we had signals all all season long the past year that. This team, this coaching staff, didn't really mm-hmm. like what DeAndre Swift brought to the table. We saw his role uh, continue to diminish. We saw Jamal Williams um, play play a major role on offense, lead the league in, in rushing touchdowns. And uh, e- even after Williams moves on in free agency, they bring in David Montgomery, give him a bunch of money. It just never felt like things were going to work out with Swift. But then on day two, we get the trade. And not only a trade uh out of Detroit but a trade to uh Swift's hometown Philadelphia Eagles it's definitely definitely a muddy situation there in Philly with lots of uh lots of competition so first
1: of all do you even consider Swift a a winner for sure for weekend? our reasons for sure i mean okay, what scares you is yeah. he's had a hard time staying on the field It sure seemed like he spent a lot of time in the Lions' doghouse. You know, I mean, anyone that owned him last year was very frustrated with him, of course. And they got very little in return. So, it makes me think that there are looming injury stuff out there. And I have not read that anywhere. That's just a hunch. But Mm -hmm. if you're the Eagles running back and you're as talented as this guy, that's a win. I mean, I think it's that simple.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, you look at the Eagles backfield, the competition that, that Swift will have now, obviously Rashad Penny, uh, those two players, uh, although they're very different types of running backs have had some similar issues in that they uh, as talented as, as they are, uh, can't stay on the field mm-hmm. and that's hurt their value. That's hurt their uh, dynasty value and their value to other teams. Um and then, uh, you know, the the carryovers, guys like Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, are uh, still there as well. So, crowded backfield, I look at Swift as the most talented of that group, and we'll just see if it can, uh, can finally shine through. Um, who else, Matt? Another veteran winner uh, from this past year. I was...
1: Very worried for Joe Mixon's stock. I mean, he's gotten in some trouble off the field. He's hitting that dreaded age and wear and tear. There was really nothing behind him. Um, I thought the Bengals might be aggressive and go get a Charbonnet, who we talked about the other day. It didn't quite go the same way. (laughs) This is a total different story. Go listen to that one. But, you know, so uh, I think Mixon got away with the skin of his teeth.
0: Yeah, I, I get that for sure. Uh, I, I think, is there still some concern there? And, and we could probably lump uh, Dalvin good Cook point. into this as well, although Minnesota did take uh, Minnesota did take a day three back. Um, I believe that was McBride. Um, is there still concern that the Bengals and or the Vikings move on from these veterans? Uh, does does that worry you? Or do you think they've, they've survived this weekend so they're good to, to go? I tend to think they
1: get through the year. I mean, when you say good to go, I don't mean like okay. oh, they're, the rest of their career is set in stone. I, I mean, sure, sure. I often bring up the trade deadline for guys like Derrick Henry, but your team has to be pretty bad to dump your starting running back at the trade deadline. Maybe Minnesota's, te- you know, season goes south, but I don't think the Bengals will. So I think they both survived the year and are quality, you know, fantasy contributors. Although both didn't look as good last year either, by the way. Cook and Mixon, I thought both took a step back just on tape.
0: Well, and their their value has already taken a big hit because of that, because of some of the um, expectations that they could be uh, could possibly be moving on. And, and of course, uh, Joe Mixon has had a rough offseason uh, off the field as well. Uh, but for now, both of those guys, I think, can be called veteran winners. Uh, we'll have some other veteran winners, including a
1: certain quarterback, right after this. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. Uh, <laughs> there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. You know, sign up there. Place your bet. Get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Um, So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. We're talking
0: veteran winners today. Players that uh, gained value are... Uh, possibly in a better situation as a result of the NFL draft. We talked about DeAndre Swift and Joe Mixon. Uh, let's move over to the quarterback position, man. I think this player uh, might be the biggest winner, not just of the NFL draft weekend, but if you stretch it out, maybe the week before the NFL draft, these past couple days since the NFL draft, let's talk about Jordan Love. I mean, what mm-hmm. a what a timeline for this guy. Just a little over a week ago, the Packers and Jets finalized the trade, sending Aaron Rodgers to the Jets and opening the door for Jordan Love to finally get a real chance to start in this league. Then draft weekend comes. The Packers select three wide receivers, two tight ends. We talked about Musgrave and Kraft on yesterday's show. They also added some depth at running back. They focused on the offensive line as well. And then here, just uh, just yesterday, I believe Jordan Love gets a contract extension, paying him over twenty million dollars and locking him into Green Bay through the twenty twenty four season. All this for a guy who's, you know, hardly played through his
1: uh, short NFL career so far. Jordan Love, what a what a week this guy's had. Yeah, and I'm going to throw a little humor at it too. Helping his cause too. They also drafted Sean Clifford from Penn state who's flat out terrible. He's just, I don't, I couldn't believe he got drafted, but no, a great ringing endorsement from the entire organization that, you know, he's had such a strange career that getting that extra year stabilizes his life a little bit. You know, I mean, I I just think that it's a ringing endorsement. It's not a ton of ton of money, but how could you give him that much money without him ever seeing him play? Uh, he's got a lot around him now in terms of weapons, or at least, you know, a decent amount. I still think Watson's a, you know, a budding star as well. So, no, I mean, without question, this was phenomenal for Jordan Love.
0: Yeah, huge, huge winner. And and you look at, um, you look at dynasty quarterback rankings right now, it's, it's really a situation, you know, it's have and have nots because we've got a very strong top tier and even second tier, obviously the Mahomes-Allen-Hertz group, Burrow-Herbert-Lawrence-Lamar in there. And then you start getting to some question marks, but then players that still have a ton of value, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, uh, Watson, and Kyler Murray, throw in the, the new rookies that were just drafted in the first round. But. Really, after that, let's say once you get to around fifteen, then you're looking at Daniel Jones and the San Francisco guys, Lance and and yeah, uh, yeah. And, and Purdy. And then you move on to veterans, Cousins, Wilson, Rogers himself. Uh, so we really need someone to bridge that gap between these uh, these top twelve to fifteen quarterbacks and, and this next tier and. You know, maybe that's Daniel Jones, maybe that's Tua, uh, maybe it's your guy Kenny Pickett, but mm-hmm. it could be Jordan. It could be Jordan Love as well.
1: Even if two of the three, you know, I mean, you're there right. is a an, an opening there. There's opportunity for. I know, you know, we, we only look at this through dynasty ranks, you know, but the the league could use some a, a young quarterback or two to step up as well. That's really well said, though. I hadn't thought of it from that angle, but Love is really set up well right now to be exactly that guy in the rankings. And I'm curious, I mean, he was a really good runner in college and mm-hmm. I assume he'll still do that. You know, I mean, is that going to be a staple? Is he going to run for four or 500 yards a year? Maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good question. Uh I'm not sure anybody really knows what to expect yeah, from right. Jordan Love and, and from this Packers offense, you, uh, I do think it's fair to assume it's going to be different, right? It's, it's not, uh, he's a different type of quarterback than, than Aaron Rodgers, So we will see some changes to this Packers offense. And honestly, after the past couple of years, we need to see some changes to that green Bay offense. Uh, Matt, let's talk about another player, um, Traylon Burks. I want to get your thoughts Mm. on him. um, as a possible veteran winner, uh, of course, throwing out that that term "veteran" a little a little loosely here, going into <laughs> his going into his second year, the Titans don't have much at the wide receiver position. They still don't uh, because they didn't really sign uh, they didn't really draft any significant rookies on the first couple days of the NFL draft that could per- push Burks. Uh, as we talked about yesterday, they did add Levis, and and obviously they hope he is the quarterback of the future uh, and and serves as an upgrade to that offense.
1: Is Traylon Burks a, a veteran winner here? I wouldn't have thought of this one, um, but I think that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, I think he portrays as a number one receiver on his team, yeah. you know, and yeah. I didn't know that that's who he'd be coming out of school. And he's got a year of seasoning. He needed it, but he flashed and, they might be losing a lot. I mean, like I'm just trying to, you know, I, I wish he played more in his rookie year and he might have to suffer through some Levis growing pains and some just growing pains of this whole season for this entire franchise. But I think that's a good way of looking at it is he's going to get targeted a lot.
0: Yeah. Certainly set up to be the top option. they moving forward. Like so many of the other rookies from last season, We just need him to stay on the field. Another guy who uh, dealt with some injuries during his rookie season. Matt, there's some other veteran winners that we need to talk about, especially at that running back position. We'll do that right after this. Matt, we talked about Joe Mixon as a veteran winner earlier in the episode. And honestly, there's a lot of running backs in that same category, Uh, veterans whose team did not draft uh, either didn't draft a rookie running back at all, or maybe waited until day three until the later rounds to add one. Uh, I'm going to throw out some names here and you can okay. kind of let me know who stands out to you as, as really a, a winner here. Tony Pollard, you know, coming off that injury. Yeah. Uh, they, they parted ways with Zeke. They did draft Deuce Vaughn late uh, on day three, but I mean, Doesn't that's scary me. yeah, it's yeah, not a player who's, <laughs> Uh, necessarily going to take over a backfield, uh, James
1: Cook and Real Buffalo. quick on Pollard, do you? Yeah. I haven't given redraft hardly any thought yet. Is Pollard a first round pick?
0: Um, I, no. I've not seen him go in the first round. I've been doing okay. quite a few of the underdog drafts, and mm, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. best ball, best ball, a little bit different, maybe. Uh, but no, Pollard has is not typically uh, going off okay. in the first round. Uh, yeah, I would say as early as. Second or third round, though, so yeah, he's yeah. he's kind of in that mix. I think there's questions about a lot of these running backs, uh, obviously from a dynasty standpoint, but yeah,
1: even yeah. from a a short term redraft standpoint as well. And I think the key, a, a big thing here, is a lot of these guys avoided the Bijan. You know, like yes. maybe Dallas would have jumped on Bijan or Buffalo, or you know, there, he was rumored even in New England. Like, how could you not like Bijan? Everybody should love him, but avoiding Bijan, I think, is the key.
0: Yeah, that that I would say that is step 1 of making <laughs> right. each of these players winners. Dallas was mentioned, Buffalo was mentioned, uh Houston, New England as you said, mm-hmm. um Tampa Bay, Cincinnati really almost almost all of these teams were at one point uh projected or or mentioned as possible Bijan Robinson landing spots. So yeah, step 1 is no Bijan, step 2 is avoid that second and third tier. Mm-hmm. Uh James Cook in Buffalo, of course, they bring in yeah um they bring in a veteran there Damian Harris formerly of the Patriots so already some competition but they didn't bring in anyone else in the draft what do you think about James Cook moving forward I think
1: it sets up well for him to catch a lot of passes which I think is his specialty and I know Kincaid will maybe eat into that a little but you know so be it this is I hadn't thought of Cook, but this is definitely avoiding something bad you know because even a third round back would have hurt him Damian Pierce in Houston, he's
0: now paired with the former Buffalo Bill. We're playing uh, playing musical chairs here a little bit with these running backs. Devin Singletary is in Houston now. I don't think he's much of a threat to Pierce. Doesn't bother me at all. And Houston wisely did not use an early pick on a running back. Uh, It's all systems go for Pierce uh, in 2023, it
1: seems. Yeah, and I always thought it was crazy with all their needs to even consider getting something, you know, anything resembling a workhorse back. They have that guy. Yep.
0: Isaiah Pacheco, lots of uh, suggestions that the Chiefs might go out and uh, and add a running back, not necessarily in round one, but maybe they were a round two option. Did not go that way. Uh, also note, uh, notable that they turned down the fifth-year option on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. No surprise there at all. Mm. Um, so this this could certainly be – uh, CEH's final season with the Chiefs. What do you think about Pacheco right now from a dynasty standpoint? A lot of people are still hesitant to put I much know. value on
1: Pacheco. Me too, and I can't deny it much I, anymore. I'm, I'm one know? of them, yeah. <laughs> I own him nowhere. I've never given him any credit. I eh, he'll go away. He's on the maybe the best offense in the league and he's the lead guy and he plays hard. You know, they love him. I, I can't deny it. I'm sure I'm way too low on him.
0: Yeah, we can't can't keep ignoring that for sure. Yeah. You talked about the Patriots, uh Ramondre Stevenson is mm-hmm. another winner as his team did not draft a running back. They did draw um, three uh,
1: offensive linemen though. Yeah, that they they needed it. They need they, needed it, they yeah.
0: need almost everything except for a running back. So good to <laughs> need see. Need a kicker
1: and punter apparently too.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see Stevenson survive. Uh, we talked Mixon already. What mm-hmm. what about Rashad White? I guess kind of a little bit in the James Cook mold. Um, the Buccaneers did sign Sean Tucker, who went undrafted. Mm. The, uh, the running back from Syracuse, um, who is, has dealt with some heart issues. So, you know, really good to see him, although he didn't get drafted, did get a, a nice chunk of guaranteed money from the Buccaneers. And that suggests... They expect him to stick around. Uh, So what do you think about Tucker
1: uh, along with Rashad White? Great news for White. I mean, if if an undrafted free agent knocks you out, then you're in trouble. And I understand Tucker's better than the average undrafted free agent. I don't think the offense is particularly good, but if he's a 65 to 70%, you know, carry share guy, which I don't think, or touch share out of that backfield, he's going to produce. And, We said this pre-snap, if you're big and can catch the ball, that's kind of all I care about. And he's pretty big and catches the ball. Last guy I wanted to ask you about, we talked about the
0: Bengals. They were so uh, often linked to a running back. If there was any other position that they were expected to focus on, it was tight end. They didn't draft a tight end. Uh, That's looking pretty good for Irv Smith, who they signed as a free agent just a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, I mean, we, we need him to stay yeah, right. on the field. That's
1: really, really the story with Irv Smith. I became in the league super young. He's been one of my favorite hot, young, tight ends that I'm notorious for. Then keep him clogging my roster for all these years. Might be time that it's, you know, he's useful. I mean, I can see him being a top 20 guy this year or maybe better. I like the yeah, player a lot.
0: I do as well. and And he's cheap because of, because yeah, of yeah. those injuries, because of, uh, the disappointment that uh, he's been from a fantasy standpoint, and then, you know, then the Vikings traded for TJ Hawkinson and really kind of sealed the deal there on Smith's time in Minnesota. Uh, his his value is nearly shot, and even with this nice landing spot, hasn't changed much. So uh, go out and grab him That's a good one. at a nice discount. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, thank you for listening. Please make sure you download and subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked on Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked on Dynasty.